I'm Paulette. And I'm Whitney. And we're sharing the stories of Black women. Beyond boundaries and borders. Through our journeys and triumphs. This world is ours. Hi, Paulette. Hi, Whitney. How are y'all? I'm doing totally well. That's what my <laughs> dick. Is it? <laughs> you are, you are. That's my Southern Black daddy. Oh. Probably with, yeah, I don't don't ask Property me what it means well. you're doing well. It sounds positive. That's the main thing. Right, it is. <laughs> it's very positive. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about therapy, which we always do, but we have a professional on as a guest today, which is very exciting. So my question is linked. Question. And it is, what advice would you give someone just starting their therapy journey? as someone receiving therapy yeah from my perspective it something that was important to me I actually had it when I had to find a new therapist so going through this process it was on my uh like my prayer board was to find a black woman therapist that I could talk to openly about my faith and just my journey Mm because I had to think about things that I knew would be important to me and I wanted someone who could connect to those things Mm -hmm. so I would say know the things that are important to you, like the identities that are important to you. And if you want that in a therapist, like I wanted those things, I wanted to be able to connect around religion, uh, gender, race. Cause mm-hmm. I know that that's a lot of the stuff that I would be talking about and the perspective that I would be coming from. So I wanted mm-hmm. my therapist to be able to connect with me in that. Um, I mean, we could talk about, uh, cause then that means she's like, girl, who braided your head? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. I yeah, knew it would be yeah. important for me to gain confidence and trust in that space is not having to go through some of the other like cultural things that were important so true or even have to address like the other things that we don't want like how long did it take you know the other side of that it's like you're not going to get those questions who about to pay somebody yeah i'm not paying you big no how about you that's a good point yeah mine was um like taking notes after your therapy session like I think in the beginning I might set myself a huge ambition to journal and it's like no 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 it's too much just a couple notes the things that especially when you have like an aha moment just like to note it down because I wasn't doing that and you won't remember next week (laughs) you just won't and now for a girl yes you can moment create routine without having to be rigid like okay. I've always been, I'm a routine girly. Like I love routine. I thrive there. Mm-hmm. And I've also been using girly a whole lot. I got to stay off TikTok. I kind of like me, it. <laughs> me too. It's a thing right now. No, I don't want, I don't like for white women to call me girl. Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> yeah. I just have to put that out there because I want to get the wrong idea. But girly from me to you, I'm here, but whatever. That's not where I was going with this. Okay. So routine without having to be rigid. <laughs> mess but um that's something that's been important to me is being able to create the routine without making myself like just be like a little robot Mm -hmm. but I can still have good routine because that's healthy habits and practices and behaviors but look at me sound like I'm using some of my therapy language but (laughs) I don't have to be rigid it doesn't have to be all like you know every time and I can I can create that, and that can be from working out to what I eat, whatever it is. Like I know me when I create when I'm in routine and discipline, like I'm boom boom. You're but I don't 10. have to be super rigid because that's what makes it harder and makes me not want to do it. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm creating that for myself. So I've really committed to that throughout the month of August. Nice. Your girl has a bedtime. So if you're wondering why I'm refreshed <laughs> and you know, all that. I did wonder, break, Whitney. I was like, what's she been doing? Going to bed. Team? Going to bed. Okay. That's what she's been doing. Yes. <laughs> DM oh, me for details on creating a bedtime. Okay. <laughs> what's your girl? Yes, you can. You know what? My girl, yes, she can, is being in the moment a bit. It's quite similar to yours, but you don't have to have everything worked out. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know how something will work out. And you don't have to, you you don't have to. (laughs) You can just be in the moment and do what feels good until it doesn't feel good anymore, you know? Yeah. I saw something recently was talking about, I'm Doing what feels right for my soul. Yeah. And that may shift. Soul and other things too. Yeah. Okay, Paulette. <laughs> In a minute, I'm going to tell you, let's talk about it. But I'm, you know, but I hear you. No, but I just mean, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out. Yeah. You don't. You don't. And sometimes you doing that kind of spoils things anyway. You know? That's true. You can have fun with things and, and be okay with that. And it can be for the long haul or, or not. <laughs> okay. So oh, let's, yeah. so that's why we also go to therapy to be able to talk through that. <laughs> Literally, that's how I came case. to that conclusion was through therapy. <laughs> yeah. Now let's really talk to the Yeah. I am excited today to have my friend, Lachelle who is a licensed therapist who's going to talk to us today about therapy. Paulette and I have talked a lot on the show just about therapy loosely, but we know that we've had some interest for for ourselves and others to hear us talk about therapy, but from the actual therapist side, because we are most definitely only speaking from the user side, because we have no expertise. We're not qualified. Basically is what I'm saying. So, but I think y'all already knew that. (laughs) But Lachelle, on the other hand, is overly qualified to talk about this topic. And specifically, Lachelle spends a lot of time um, focused on the aspect of healing and what that looks like from therapy. So I'm very excited to have her to join us today. So welcome to the show, Lachelle. Um, I can talk from both sides, from the client as well as the therapist. So I definitely believe in going to therapy myself right so Mm -hmm. thank you for having me one of the ways that we like to just start our show with anyone that we have to come and talk and by anyone I mean a black woman because that's who we have to come (laughs) and talk to us uh is what do you love most about being a black woman oh that we're not monolithic we can really do anything we put our mind to absolutely I think we are superhuman Mm -hmm. um yeah, really that we can really do anything that we put our mind um, to. That's what I love about being a Black woman. Yeah. Right. I feel all of that. I think that, that superhuman part is maybe what drives me to therapy sometimes because I think I'm superhuman. If we want to. If we want to. Yeah, I think that's what drives me. It's an option. It is. It's an option. <laughs> On the days I decide I want to do it, I can. But on the other one, no. I agree. Michelle, I was really interested in speaking to you and a therapist more broadly. Just about like, 
as a professional, what do you see in terms of kind of like therapy becoming more acceptable, like more of us in our community are going, which is a fantastic thing. Um, and I want to preface this by saying, um, you know, therapy in many ways is is um, a huge privilege. So the ability to access therapy is great. And, you know, the idea that people maybe um, are able to kind of access um, the benefits of therapy or information about therapy without actually going if they can't afford it is also good. But then I do think there's this kind of um, maybe less positive side of that sometimes. Um, and that's really kind of what I'd love to talk to you about today or hope we can cover in terms of like the one, um, almost like the weaponizing of therapy. And this idea of like, I see online a lot when I'm in my little groups on Facebook. Yes, I still use Facebook. Um, but like... <laughs> In the group, yeah. You could at least get Instagram, Paulette. I'm on Facebook, guys. No shame. Your Facebook group. <laughs> I'm on both, so thank yeah. you, Michelle. A lot more interaction <laughs> on Facebook, so but I yeah. do. And you know, when you're in the groups, and then someone will just be like, you know, sharing a problem or sharing an issue, and then there'll just be this dismissive comment like, "Oh, you need to go to therapy or go get therapy," and I just. There just seems yeah. to be this kind of, um, I don't know, it's like almost like a kind of spiteful way of using therapy or, you know, what I mean, have you seen no, I, that yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I am, um, you know, I would say, I don't want to say traditional black family, but, you know, mm -hmm. the the framework of that, right? We were did not have access to um therapy what what was therapy right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um in you know in my upbringing church was therapy go pray mm -hmm. about it um you know depressed depressed for what what is that you know um anxious or anxiety god has not given us a spirit of right so i was you know mm -hmm. given these tools i would say scriptures are tools as well as prayer but to have a safe space to process and talk about feelings and emotions and trauma even was like it didn't exist in that world of, of mine so and I think in society as a general as you know generally it is weaponized you know you need to go to therapy um, because we have this mental model that you know people that go to therapy they quote unquote and I hate to use this word is they're crazy I can say for me, and I haven't been in business long, about seven years, but where That's I started. That's a long time, no? <laughs> um, long. It, well, Expert status no. over here, okay? <laughs> Let me do something seven years. <laughs> no, just, yeah, about seven years. I would say I started to see an influx of African-Americans, Black people, mm -hmm. um, desiring wanting needing or saying hey help i want mm -hmm. therapy and how do i navigate that mm -hmm. um really covid george floyd covid mm -hmm. um and so i was excited but i got overwhelmed mm -hmm. um but also for me you know we when we talk about weaponizing therapy how do we change that narrative if we don't start having casual conversations, I know people don't eat at the dinner table anymore, but if we don't start having casual conversations about, you know, 
therapy or that safe space beyond talking, processing and healing, then we continue to live in that same cycle as for weaponizing, um, mm-hmm. going to therapy. Um, what about just creating a safe space? You know, like you talked about their Facebook group. What if they just needed to talk about that and somebody give them some pointers, right? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, maybe they didn't need, you know, the, you need to go to therapy. Cause maybe now when you said it, like in that particular way, then it becomes right. like another barrier or a stumbling block for them not to reach out to mm-hmm. a professional to help them process whatever they were going through. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, we can be, you know, when we say things like that, it, it is very harmful and dismissive mm-hmm. um, again, which creates that barrier, um, you know, go to therapy without understanding the complexity um, and the nuances, you know, like I said, it could be very, harmful and dismissive yeah because um, it's not easy therapy is not easy yeah. like it's not you know no I mean? like, you're talking about going to a stranger to tell you know to talk about you know my vulnerabilities insecurities proclivities tendencies all of these things and, and the work and, right it's exhausting right right and that's what i said but i'm like therapy is exhausting mm-hmm. it is rewarding yes it is but we have to do the work to get to see the reward yeah it's um, hard calling yourself out and hearing yourself call yourself out I, sometimes i sit in therapy like oh my gosh i i might be the problem <laughs> hold on <laughs> i'm the common denominator <laughs> i'm the this whole time it was them and it might be me this is a problem I just say Lord. something just on that note this is a slightly different conversation but like yeah. you watch you watch story times on youtube Whitney, don't look at me like that. I don't know about I don't even know what that is. Michelle knows what I'm talking about. It's like a a typical one will be like a woman gets on. It's it's all races, but I listen to mainly black women who do their story times. It's very entertaining. But a lot of the time it's like I went on holiday on a girl's trip and all my friends, we fell out, right? But like some people will have a whole channel of story times. And I'm like, (laughs) how are you in so many problems? That's you, oh. you are the common denominator. <laughs> it's you, sis. It's you, it's and you, I sis. and I'm the same way. Like, no, I mean, now I forced. I know I'm not perfect, but I really did. Oh, and I've been doing it for how long? Which then is a psycho behavior pack. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So let me. Step There's back. a name for this. Oh, okay. okay. Right, right. Look, and don't yeah. put labels on me, <laughs> please. I'm living label free. Right, 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 right. When you talked about that uh, traditional Black family, it made me think about one of my cousins heard me. She called, I think, because I talked about it. First of all, the podcast is the place that I talk about therapy the most, which Mm -hmm. is very interesting Mm -hmm. that I just, I don't, it just comes up in conversation, probably because we just be talking. My cousin was like, are you okay? Like, I heard you say you go to therapy. Like, what do you go to therapy for? Like, I think because in her mind, she's like, are you sad? Like, what's going on? Like. And I was, and I told her, I said, I actually chose therapy because I wanted to be in a space of wellness and I want that to be a constant space. I don't want it to be like, I want it to me to have the the tools I need to, to remain in that space. It's because I actually uh, believe that I'm, I'm well and I want to stay with. So yeah. I, I believe that therapy can be a tool to help me to do that. Absolutely. And that's why I do therapy. Absolutely. I love how you, um, you know you explain that to her um again because a lot of times you know oh they're sad or they you know crazy quote unquote no I want to be first of all I want to be the best version Mm -hmm. of me that God created I want to live in 
wholeness. I want to live, you know, I want to be well um, from the inside out. You know, it's mm-hmm. one thing I can throw on my lashes, makeup, hair, but if if I am not well within, that is going to seep out. And so I want to be able to maintain the tools right? To ensure that I am being the best version of me. Not perfect, but the best version of me. Yeah. And being able to own my imperfections and being okay with those too. Yes. Because I feel like they, there are so many pressures for us um, mm-hmm. as specifically as Black women too. And, you know, we have a lot of internal pressure that's placed on us, but external pressure too. So then being able to go to say like, okay, yeah, that's that's on me. And I right. can own that. I can either decide like how do I move forward with it. Um just yeah. another one about the kind of therapy being the pub in the public domain. I think part of it that kind of I've noticed and I think a lot more people are noticing now is the language as well. So like the quote unquote therapy speak that's like seeping into the mainstream and like right. kind of being abused. Give us like, an example, Colette. A perfect example, Whitney. <laughs> it's like everyone's ex is a narcissist every woman's ex is suddenly a narcissist (laughs) like they've got these deeply entrenched issues um and yeah I just think it's interesting and even last um episode Whitney when we spoke about boundaries and we were talking about how people maybe aren't really aren't really using that term or or practicing it in the right way either so yeah I just wondered what your thoughts were on that Michelle if you'd seen that too you know, like you said, we love to use these words that are phrases that are have become common language. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people we have to be careful, right? So when we, in, like you said, gaslighting, um, gaslighting, yeah, that's narcissism, <laughs> narcissism is, is really big um, yeah. during this particular time. But I, I always uh, I caution people. To make sure you you know what that definition is, what those behaviors, those symptoms, all of those things before you start, you know, spewing out those things because that can be very harmful um, to yourself and to other and everybody that you your ex every ex is not a you know a narcissist <laughs> narcissist maybe again we want to circle back it may be it may I may be the problem I may be the one to have the toxic behaviors now y'all doing uh, too much it can't be me <laughs> right not again um, right. so labeling every person who has treated you badly um as a narcissistic you know can be sometimes overly simplistic right mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. they that's not them mm-hmm. um you know, narcissism is a psychological, you know, personality trait. And so knowing what that is, you know, someone that overly um, focused on themselves, um, lack empathy of others, um, has this grandiose self-importance. And so, um, you know, we need to make sure that we are very um, careful when we're doing those things. And a lot of times, then we also have to look at, um, you know, our childhood, um, when we think we are dealing with people with that, because a lot of that stems from childhood and so, you know, and personal struggles, et cetera. But again, we want to make sure that we are preventing from jumping, you know, using those labels um, and truly understand the um, the complexity of human behavior. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we I like just to- feel like with the definition you just gave, I feel like there's some woman out there that's going to be like, oh, yep, he's a narcissist. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> You just confirmed it. I was right. Maybe they are. (laughs) That woman was me. (laughs) Like, Paulette's like, yeah, 
I was right. He's a narcissist. Because that's all him. Everything you just said. It's like looking at WebMD. You know, that's us. <laughs> so, you know, we, and we do want to be careful on, you know, using that language. And again, maybe it is them. But then we also have to look at ourselves to say, okay, well, if it's if all of our exes are narcissists, then we need to look at self on why do we continue to attract those type of people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. This is turning into <laughs> therapy. I know, I know, Grit. Why do I continue to attract these, you know, people that have this over self-importance? Is it because I don't have that trait or I don't have a good balance of that? And so that that attracts me to them or I'm attracted to them on that particular level. Is it because I think that they are, you know, because we as women, we tend to and men as well, but we tend to attract projects. <laughs> Oh, we try sure, this is this is a bit much, you know. Oh, I'm let's sorry. Let's, let's we can move on. <laughs> no, I'm joking. This is I why love we it. said I, therapy I is it. work because it. you therapists. Let's let me talk to the therapist for a moment. Y'all okay. always want to come to us with all these things challenging us to think about ourselves. I didn't really come here for that for a full hour of it. Like, oh, okay. Okay. I didn't want you to ask me about me. <laughs> That's the only way we can be the best us we can be. That's the only way we can move forward. I hear you. It is. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> it's hard out here. Lachelle, I think about um, all that you, when you, you said something earlier too about just childhood mm -hmm. and how it's connected to people's behaviors as adults too. Um, I want to make sure people get to, to hear from you too, just on like, how did you get into your desire to be a therapist? I'm just curious on that. But even I think about your perspective on, the the power of like therapy and healing from a community aspect because you do a lot in the community too to help heal community so mm -hmm. talk to us about that too um a lot take of the, off us i'm trying to <laughs> a lot of the things that we do how we do things how you know how we respond um are st it, it is learned behavior Right. A lot of it is learned behavior as well as a lot of it is a response to um, generational trauma. Right. Because trauma transcends. And so um, how did I get into therapy? Uh, I wouldn't say it was a fluke. Right. I was I would go back and look at my childhood. Right. Um, but that's not. So when I decided I'm going to move into um, becoming in, you know, get my education into um, professional counseling because initially I wanted to be an attorney. Mm. Then I, I started to look at how many years they had to go because I've always been an advocate for people. I've always had a genuine heart for people. Um, wanted to do social work as well um, because I had my daughter at a really early age, still in high school, and the lady, Miss um, Sabrina at Southwest um, High School. Um, help me navigate how to be a teenage mom, attend regular quote unquote school and not have to go off to the all girls school. Um, and she helped me navigate the different systems to be the best teenage mom I could be. Right. But then I also, as time went on, I also found that, I mean, found myself, people would call me um, or talk to me about their problems. I'm very solution focused. Um, and I would help them navigate whatever they had going on. Um, and then the field that I got into working for um, in housing, working in the community piece, 
um, that kind of helped shape that. And I was like, okay, how can I take what I do well? Because when people call me, okay, like, okay, what's the problem? What's your plan? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Now, therapy isn't all about that. But it, you know, it has, it plays its role in that. And so I decided, I was like, well, how can I take this? Um, Cause I have a, my, my undergrad is in business. Um, so how, what can I do? What can I take my gifts, my talents, my work experience? Um, how do I put that together? And so um, decided to move into to counseling and that was the best decision I could have ever made. Um but I've always had, I, I just always had a love for people and being able to see them grow um, from one stage to the next is so rewarding. I know it's rewarding for them, but it's so rewarding for myself because um, I'm for, forever grateful that I am a conduit that God uses to facilitate healing. Yeah. And I appreciate you. So and I didn't even talk about this in the beginning, but when I first met Lachelle, it was in community. And I think that when you see people with your expertise, like in community, Lachelle is very passionate about voter education, voter rights, getting people to the vote, you know, to the polls, all that. Um, and watching you in that space and then now knowing you more and more, but seeing you talk about healing, like I can see how all of it is connecting. But I also think that there's power when you're able to watch people who care about things that you care about, but then seeing them talk about healing, it begins to make it feel like it's okay to want that same healing and wanting it across every area of your life. Like you want your community to heal, right. you want yourself to be, you know what I'm saying? And being able to see that in the workplace, all these different um, aspects of the holistic sense of, of healing. Yeah, I think all of it plays a huge part. You know, when we start looking at, and we won't go much into it, but if we start looking into the um, political system and, you know, voting and all those other things, I can't heal if I don't have the right to do this or the right. access to this. And so it all plays a huge um, part. And, you know, when I don't have laws, policies, and procedures that, um, yield to that, then it does impact my mental health. I recall right. when all the protesting was happening regarding George, George Floyd and just all of the, you know, excessive use between police officers. I made a t-shirt that says, um, no, just, and I think we were rating on maybe, um, the um, verdict regarding George Floyd. And I made a t-shirt that says no, ju no, no justice impacts my mental health, mm. which then impacts my peace. So no justice, no peace in, impacts my mental health um, yeah. because all of that plays a huge part um, in healing and mental health and so forth. I'm really interested in um, something you said around um, generational trauma. Mm. And a lot of people are talking about, again, on social media about healing generational curses. And that can be, I guess, practical things, but linked to what you've just said, it's like, the practical things and how they manifest are linked to the psychology of it all. And right. just what do you think about that in terms of, um, yeah, healing generational trauma? I like to use the word, you know, I, I like to remove the word curses, right? Generational mm -hmm. curses. I think my, mm -hmm. my great aunt had told me, you know, this one time removed curses. So generational trauma, um, 
patterns, right? Mm -hmm. Unacceptable patterns or so forth. Um, it can happen. It does not happen overnight. I can imagine. It happens one conversation at a time, one change of thought process over time. It happens me recognizing, okay, this is a response to trauma. I do this because, example, mm. just going to throw this out here. I say I'm a parent and I have children that are school age, mm -hmm. right? And say, for instance, I was mistreated in school, in elementary, maybe um, whatever, mistreated. And that caused trauma. Now my children are school age. They're five and six. Me passing on generational trauma looks like me not allowing them to go to school, whether it's public, private. Um, and so, and it's not even homeschool, right? It's just they get to do whatever. Um, that's what that looks like. Mm -hmm. I will continue those behavior patterns until I recognize that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Number two, I do something about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Even, you know, if we want to go back to slavery time, I know we, um, the book post-traumatic slavery disorder syndrome by Dr. DeJoy, I believe, um, she gives this example of going to the bank with her child and she sees a white mother in the bank and her child is, you know how they have the little rope offs, right? Where you're in line and you're waiting for the bank. Baby, that child is running from this room to this underneath the, the ropes and all this other stuff where, however, her child, like, don't move, don't touch. Y'all know the speech that you get when you go into the yeah. grocery store by your mom when you was a kid? Don't touch nothing, don't have nothing, you know, all of those things. Don't even act like you right. And so, up, uh, nope, you, you get here by my side. Why? Because we understand mm -hmm. that what may be good or what's acceptable for that white child mm -hmm, is not right. acceptable for my child. Yeah. Um, and so that's what that looks like. You know, I have a 20-year-old son that just went back to, to college his third year it never fails. I give him the speech, right? He goes to a, a HBCU um, where in the county where Sandra Bland ended up dead, mm -hmm. pulled over by the police and so forth. I give him the speech. You are a black boy, young man, right? And so this, this, and this, that's, that's, that is, you know, although it's realistic, but that's still my mm -hmm. trauma experiences that I am passing down mm -hmm. and it will continue unless things change. And so, again, it looks like changing the narrative. I just believe some things aren't going to change unless systems. Yeah. Change. Unless it's safe to change. Unless it's safe to change. Now, there's yeah. some things that we can change. Mm -hmm. Um in our day-to-day -day that we we pass on and so but it's about a mind shift change and we don't know that until it's that we're made aware and we recognize that we accept that and we do something about it to make those changes and again change does not happen overnight mm -hmm. um change is about you know it happens one thought one day at a time until it becomes a behavior pattern so that's so serious that one thought 
one behavior at a time. Mm -hmm. I tell people, even with like creating routine or setting boundaries, it's not like you become an expert. I, I for me, at least for me, I'm like, literally, it's every day. Like I have to recommit mm -hmm. to it every single day. So I'm glad you said that that one, one, one thought, one behavior um, is, is how you do those things. Absolutely. Cause it, it can shift at any moment and you, you let your guard down or whatever it is. And it can, that can shift and, and take a turn for sometimes for the, the better, but you know, right. depending. Mm -hmm. And when I work with, um, which I try not to often when I work with um, couples or someone that's having relational issues or whatever conflict, you know, they, Oh, we had a good week. Mm. So, may, so we should end therapy. Absolutely not. <laughs> because just because you had a good week, what happens when, you know, something triggers, right? Are you going to use those, those tools? Are you going to, and then even if you don't, because we all slip up, mm -hmm. you know, are you going to stay in the mm -hmm. pitfall or are you going to dig yourself up? How are you, how quickly are you going to recover? Right. And so again, behavior patterns. So the next time you're triggered, if you don't respond, you know, inappropriately or whatever, okay, good. Let's see what happens three the months. Next time. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, if yeah. you don't respond negatively, then okay, then maybe it, it is now a behavior pattern change, which then becomes part of our being, right? This is just what I do, part of my lifestyle. Um, but yeah, behavior patterns, and they can look different from, you know, they say it takes 21 days to implement change, but maybe ooh. longer. 21 months. <laughs> what say 21 months? I know if I cannot do this for 21 months, then I'm good. <laughs> then I'm good. Maybe. This is something I really wanted to ask about as well. Was like, how do you as a therapist manage expectations with your clients? Because I think everyone has this idea of being healed and like, I'm going to therapy to heal. Like, are we ever healed? Because I sometimes feel like with my therapy journey, it's like the thing is still there, right? Mm -hmm. I'm aware of it now. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can communicate it a bit better in my relationships with other people, friendships, whatever, our family. But it's still there. <laughs> this is it is and it's, yeah, it won't yeah. be there We're yeah here, yeah right and I, I created this because that is one of the biggest questions um that um but it talks about the healing you know how do I know that I am healed or I am healing right mm -hmm. and I think when we talk about heal it should always be ing because it should be something that is continuous Mm -hmm. um and so when I talk about healing um one we need to be able to establish realistic expectations mm -hmm. so when I work with my clients um I, I initially I, I tell them listen I'm, I have my degree I have all these credentials but I, we don't have to I don't have to use a whole bunch of clinical terms because that's not what you need I'm here for practical tools that you can use in your day to day. And I don't want you to have to like pull out an encyclopedia, Google all <laughs> this stuff. No. Um, we are here to, you know, live life and, and and live it more abundantly. So for me it is, you know, healing looks like setting realistic goals. Mm -hmm. um, and that looks different from everybody. 
right? Mm -hmm. And then so for healing means, you know, for some it may to individuals mean discussing whether it is realistic or sustainable expectation. Mm -hmm. It's sustainable. <laughs> sustainable. Expectation, right? <laughs> um, also, I want to, you know, shifting the perspective, um, the perspective of healing. What does that look like? Reframing my concept of healing. So instead of viewing it as a destination, where all my problems disappear. Um, you know, Sorry, I'm I mean, wonder what, why we got to keep doing this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's how I went into, that's how I went into therapy the first time. I was like, okay, let me just sort myself out. And you know, and I'm going to give you an example. Let's look at grief and grief. Mm -hmm. is different levels of, of, of griefs, right? Um, when someone passes away, if I'm going to therapy because I'm I'm looking to be healed, you know, because someone I'm dealing with grief because somebody passes away, they're still yeah. not here. Yeah. What I have to do is learn how to do life differently without them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my problem, my problem didn't disappear because hey, look, my grandma's still gone. Right. Your grand, my, my grand is still gone. Mm. Yeah. How do I, how do now, how do I shift and how do I navigate life differently without this person? So I think again, realizing that it is not a destination where our problems disappear, but more so I like to encourage, you know, you to see the process of your growth, mm -hmm. self-awareness and learning how to cope with those challenges in a healthy way. So instead of, you know, excessively drinking, Maybe, and I always tell my clients, anything we do excessively is a problem. So whether it is working out excessively, that's a problem. It is all about balance. So how are we coping um, with these challenges in a healthy way? Um, I also like to talk about, you know, we talk about the healing process, the healing cycle, normalizing struggles. Mm -hmm. I am still human. Mm -hmm. If you see me cry, does it mean, right, um, yeah. that I'm not over it or I'm not healed? It just means I'm human, mm -hmm. right? But I think ultimately when I talk about how do you know that you are over or you're healed, your conversations are different. Um, if I break a glass, if I break a vase, or a vase, whichever way. If I Gosh, break sure. that um, <laughs> and I take all the pieces and I glue them together, it's still a vase. It's still a vase. But visibly, it has scars. It has those cracks, mm -hmm. right? So I've been through this, but I've been put back together. And so um, my conversations are different. I'm not... If I'm talking, let's talk about, you know, we like to talk about men, right? If I broke up or whatever with um my boo thing and- Your narcissist boo. <laughs> right, my narcissist boo. My conversations with my Biff is going to be like, he did this and I can't believe I let him do this, 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 right? Mm -hmm. But if I go through the healing process and I am doing the self-work and I am understanding who I am and why I do this, why I attract and why I allow certain things to happen. And then three to six months down the line, I see him at the grocery store, whatever. And he may be with his new boo. When I call my friend, 
that conversation will look differently. Um, it was like, oh, I seen so-and-so, so-and-so, girl. He had him a new boo. And, <laughs> but I don't get all of these angry, resentful emotions that are brewing and spilling over, spilling over to these conversations. Mm -hmm. And if I'm able to get there and then I step back and say, oh, and I didn't ruminate of shoulda, coulda, woulda, and and look at Right. And you want like her outfit was ugly? Like no, 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 no. Hold on. Now you're going too far. Now you're going too far. Okay. I was about to ask. Does that mean you can't be here? Yes, you can. You know, good balance of it all. There's got to be a little petty somewhere still. Absolutely. Because I am human. Right. And even I tell people, even as a therapist, that does not mean that, listen, I, I like to be petty, but I also <laughs> understand I have to do it within, within <laughs> and with certain people. Right. But yes, I right. can still say, girl, yeah, I seen him, his boo and she, her outfit was, oh, we, whatever. Right. <laughs> but I'm not angry. Those emotions mm-hmm. of resentment and anger yeah. and, you know, rejection and disapproval, that doesn't live in me. So then it no longer comes out in my conversations. That's how I define being healed over, you know, certain things. Um, and again, that looks different for everybody. Um, so, yeah. And then just make sure we continue to get that, that support um, on our healing journey. I have one more question about from a, a therapist perspective, I wanted to know about the self-centered kind of nature of therapy, right? Because you only get one side of the story. Mm-hmm. And I just wondered, like, how are you trained to navigate that? Because I remember my one of my fer- my second therapists, she was like, Paula, I'm here for you. I'm here to discuss you. And I, you know, because I probably went into talking about he did, did, did you know, whatever. I'm here to talk about you and suddenly it was it was a great space and I do appreciate that, that about therapies that you do get to speak about you it's like wow you know but then equally it's like how do you navigate the fact that you're only hearing that person's perspective and maybe as we've discussed already <laughs> they are the problem <laughs> so if I, I, what I like to say is you know there's always three sides to a story and self-centered nature of therapy um it encourages you know the individual to support um or to do introspective reflective um on their thoughts emotions explore their personal history and experiences Mm. if you are and i don't even know if this is if we're trained to do this and I will be totally honest and I'm not tooting my own horn a lot of this is just God-given talent and skill from my end because I can recall being in grad school yeah I probably did not open one book I I probably did it probably was like statistics because I was scared to fail it right because they (laughs) talked about research statistics and all that other stuff but that was about it a lot of this just was innate, like innately just came um, <clears throat> and all those other things. But I want, you know, the session to be about my clients. And that's why I say, listen, I'm here for you. You can say whatever you want to say about them. 
but there's always this something in my Noah, as my pastor used to say, <laughs> oh, no, <I> that <laughs> is going to, they, we are, we as human, we will say something or not mm-hmm. that will alert that my, will have my, my antennas going up like, mm, okay. And so what I will then do, let talk. This is what I heard you say. Let's, let's explore this a little bit more. Tell me more about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just think, you know, if, if you are, and I'm not the therapist that just sit back and let you do all the talking and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'll, you know, you'll, You're you'll talk work. The time, but I'm like, oh, <laughs> but li- listen, well, tell me more about this. I heard you. Let's put a pin right there and let's go back or let's circle back. It's always when I'm sitting, I'm like, oh Lord, here she goes. <laughs> My therapist is <laughs> like, I, I want to go back What's to something saying? you said. And right. I see her Hey, something you said. I was like, oh, she about to try to, what she want to know? So self-centered therapy, you know, is not to foster selfishness, right? But mm. rather, I like to equip um, my clients with the tools to address their own challenges. Mm. Um, again, because a lot of times we'll talk about the other person, but how do we address our own challenges um, that can lead to healthier relationships and interactions with others, so. I have um I have two questions that mm-hmm. I'm just really curious about. Mm-hmm. One of them is on the client side, like how what would you encourage us as you on the user end of therapy? And like it's 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 taking me a while to just kind of warm up. I kind of go into it like let's talk about the debt. You know, I just want to talk first for a minute. Mm-hmm. What tools would you encourage us to do for us to get the maximum benefit from therapy? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when you hopefully you know you kind of do a consultation. Um, before you jump in, um, I always tell my um, clients or that you should have three come when you come to the first session, mm-hmm. come with three goals mm-hmm. that you would like to accomplish. Right. Okay. Um, and sometimes they are very surface because we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we get to dig, and I said it takes three about three sessions to to realize if we are a good match. And I say we on both sides, if we are a good match that we think that we'll be able to build a good rapport so we can be vulnerable. So mm-hmm. that client can be vulnerable. Um, so I set those expectations. I tell them, okay, well, I want over the, you know next couple of days before our next session, I want you to think about three goals that you you want to work on, whether it's communication. Um, and again, it could be surface. And then once we get to working and talking, we get to digging a little bit more if it's communication. Okay. So are you not, you know, effectively communicating, whatever that is. Um, you know, That's when the wheels start turning. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. shoot. It was, it was, my, um, it was my childhood. Right. And we listen, I tell every parent, you know, yes, having a college fund is great, but I, I need you to go ahead and create a um a mental health, mental wellness yeah. Yeah. Uh, fund as well, because we will parents will always get the blame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That dang. So and my other question is what are y'all doing on their computer during therapy? Are y'all taking notes for our insurance purposes? <laughs> That's what I really want. I was like, what? Don't type this. Like, don't put this in there. No, 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 no. So there is a difference. There is when, when, when they, and I try not to type. So I don't, I'm kind of old school. I, um, I'm writing my own in my notebook. So there's two things. Um, I think, and I'll go on record. I'm saying, I think insurance is a scam, 
but that's neither here nor there. Um, there's progress notes. So we talk about those those goals. So we write progress notes. Um, oh, you were, you know, appropriately dressed or you had, a, you know, was, you know, had crying spells, but then we navigated, you know, work problems. Those are general. Mm-hmm. Those psychotherapy notes, which do not go anywhere, right? Those are more in detail, in depth of, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, those talk about him again. Right. Right, 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 right. right. She's not Um, listening to me. Right. So the only way insurance gets any of that, if they do an audit, then they are privy to those progress notes. That's it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was just, that's just been on my mind. So for uh, a a lot of therapists, we, we, I, like I said, I write in my notebook because it helps me to remember when I'm able to write a story. And so in your progress notes, you shouldn't be writing a story. Um, like I said, it should be very general. But um, yeah, but so us taking notes, it, it helps us to be able to recall, you know, the next time we meet like, hey, so, you know, how did this go? I know you had conflict at work, blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. that's just for that purpose. I love that bit. It's like, oh, she does remember. <laughs> I don't care if she's looking at her notes. She remembers. <laughs> So, Lisha, we always ask um, our guests at the end of our kind of chat, is there something about you? Obviously, we've spoken about you as a therapist, but is there another side of you as a um, multidimensional Black woman that people might not know about you that's really important to you or that you love to do? Oh, no, I like to have fun, right? <laughs> How do you have fun? Listen, I like to have fun. I just had a um, birthday and I celebrated in Vegas and we already know um, <laughs> what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. And I'll just leave that there. And I, listen, when I go and have fun with my core group, mm-hmm. I always say, um, I don't know these people, so I'll never see them again. And if I do, I'm human. The right. <laughs> And she likes to dance. She's I do. Oh, I do. What sort of dancing? Huh? Or just dancing or like Yeah, just dancing. I love it. Okay, sorry. I love it. <laughs> she let me say this. She's top tier. She knows it to me a line dance. So that's <laughs> that's a different level of, of that's blackness. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's top tier. She's top tier. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But also Lachelle, okay, I'm gonna ask this question. Is there some way you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone right now? It is. I will be um Launching my first episode of my podcast that is called. It's our hand claps. (laughs) It is called Be Whole from the Inside Out, um, W H O L E. And um, it talks about all the things. So the first um, series, it talks about the struggle behind the smile. And so we're. We as individuals um, that are have leadership roles, whether at our job in the community, how we have to put on a, a face, a smile, but then we also struggle um, behind the scenes. And so how do we balance that and how do we stay true to ourselves? I, I always look at great leaders right? Um, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and how these people have their such brilliant minds and they executed such great things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 
you know, once they pass away and we they look and of course we try to dig up dirt, but it always reminds me um, that we all struggle with something. Mm -hmm. I am by no means perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm educated, I have business, I have passion, I have people, community and all of those things, but we all struggle with something. Mm -hmm. And the difference is, is how do I deal with those struggles? And then when I slip up, you know, will the world persecute me and then just throw me away or will they extend grace and mercy mm-hmm. and move forward? So um, the struggle behind the smile. So it's called Behold in this particular series is the struggle behind the smile and what way to, you know, lead in, you know, talking about vulnerability is that I, I led first. Um, and then I'll have other great um, people on to share their story. We wow. look forward to that show. We will definitely plug it on our, our platforms as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lachelle. Thank you so much for the conversation. I loved it. Thank you all. <laughs> and now for this one's for me. Okay. Uh, it is Virgo season launching. Boop, 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 boop. Right? So. So that means your girl is a Virgo, September 1st to be exact. And I'm going to celebrate the month through. I'm going to celebrate me, celebrate my fellow Virgos. And I'm just, that's what September is going to be. Good for you. Don't forget Beyonce and V. Hello? Beyonce speaking of Beyonce, guess what else I'm going to do in September? Someone. Beyonce, finally. I know you're like, I saw Beyonce's concert five years ago. No, okay, I'm not gonna I mean, lie. It's getting progressively better. The clips are just Oh, but listen, I'm going to see Beyonce in New Orleans to be exact. It's going to be a top tier experience. Amazing. I'm so excited for you. So I'm, I'm closing out the shows with Beyonce. Have you got and... the outfit? Well, have you got your outfit ready? In my head. I feel like because I didn't do it, you should get a glittery cowboy hat. Just do it well, for the two of us. I live please. in Texas because those are available. <laughs> Let's pop down to the Ready corner shop. Oh my gosh, they have a cab like that downtown. <laughs> like <laughs> a big one. <laughs> I'm going to go take pictures and send it to you. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Enjoy, Whitney. Hope you have a great time. Thank you, girl. Mine is really just to continue on as I am. Just being in the moment and um enjoying. Enjoying. Look at you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You're welcome. We <laughs> hope that each of you can find things to do for you mm-hmm. this month as well. And until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this World Is Ours podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at World Is Ours Podcast or go to thisworldisours.com.